You're listening to Coach Rita on the LOA Radio Network. Many say that the law of attraction doesn't always work. And Coach Rita would like to show you why it's not working. During this hour, you will gain great insight that will help you to make easy changes to become the great co-creator that you came here to be. Tune in and discover your missing link to the Law of Attraction with Coach Rita Hurry. Hey, 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 everyone. Yes, it's that time again for your missing link to the Law of Attraction show with Coach Rita Hurry live from the UK. Today, we have a great show. We have another mini Coach Rita Hurry's corner where I will be talking about the importance of walking your law of attraction talk as much as you can. I will also be joined by Jeanette Ma as my special guest. Now, many of you will know Jeanette as the Good Vibe Coach. Her journey to law of attraction and tips she offers in implementing law of attraction is not only inspiring, but a great resource on how to look at law of attraction and truly have fun with it and really enjoy the process of manifesting. So Jeanette will be joining me later on in the show. So as I mentioned, today I will be talking about the importance of talking and walking LOA. Now, one of the blessings I have as a coach and being a radio presenter on the Law of Attraction radio network is I get to talk about Law of Attraction and the greatness of it a lot. There is not a day that goes by that I am not walking and talking Law of Attraction. Now, what I mean by that is I'm encouraging others. I'm highlighting the positives and talking about the endless possibilities we all have as co-creators. Sometimes daily life can take us from this reminder. Even this weekend, I was feeling under the weather, like really run down and so close to have to cancel a number of sessions just so that I could rest. I mean, I was literally, at any opportune moment, I just wanted to curl up in bed and go to sleep because I really just didn't have the energy to do anything else. But I never did. With one client after another, I was talking law of attraction and listening to myself and felt stronger with each client. Why? I was walking my talk. As I was encouraging my clients, I was hearing and reminding myself that I am a co-creator and allowing the universe to work its charm through me was an empowerment. Also, 
it's so easy when you feel a little run down to feel sorry for yourself. Woe me, woe me is what you first think. Oh, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. And But I found that this was something that I needed. Even though I didn't enjoy feeling run down. Even though um, it wasn't pleasurable at all. I actually felt within me that the universe was calling for me to take time out. And I think definitely from the work that I've been doing in terms of connecting with my inner self and really being strong and connected to to me and understanding my intuition and knowing that bit more about me, I was able to discern that the universe was asking me to stop, to take the time out. But I didn't initially know how to stop. I had my diary um, booked solid. Every day I was seeing a client. Yes, there was the odd afternoon, and, and but a lot of the time the evenings were busy as well as during the day and it was okay I've got to get this done I've got to get that done so me personally I didn't know how I was actually going to get that break but all I know was that I needed it so obviously the contemplation of maybe I should cancel and rebook but then I I really do battle with that and I must admit hand on heart I really don't like cancelling scheduled appointments I have with clients because at the end of the day I do enjoy what I do I love what I do and helping people get law of attraction and helping them to manifest their true desires is something I'm passionate about so I know that I don't want to let clients down by cancelling so I did I won't lie I did have a bit of a battle but Deep, deep down, I knew that the universe was saying, Rita, you need to stop. So, I didn't have to cancel appointments. But, I got my rest through clients having to change appointments themselves and rearrange into another day. So, that actually resulted in me being able to manifest a two-day break. This two-day break allowed me to spend time meditating, visualizing and work on my own attraction technique without having to take action on actually cancelling appointments. So just from that example there, I manifested two days in such a busy week, two days, complete days of rest. I couldn't look at the computer. It was like I'd been taken over by aliens or something. I just, I looked at the computer and it was just like, I have to switch this off. I just need to go to my room, meditate and just take some quiet time. And... I didn't really need to take action on anything to get my two days because my clients 
they were the ones that needed to be rearranged and they were rearranging to either later on in the week or to the following week. So I was actually able to just get two days without me taking action and that's manifestation. That's actually saying universe, I don't know how but I need to let go, I need to just stop, how do I do this? And the universe, like I'd mentioned last week in my in my show about letting go and letting the universe take over, and that's exactly what I did, and the universe blessed me with two days. So I did use it, I did meditate, I visualized, and I worked on my attraction technique. And when I was taking action, because not all of my clients rearranged, so when I was back on coaching again and and working with clients on meditation and everything, I was still talking law of attraction. I was writing law of attraction and thinking law of attraction. When I wasn't taking action, so when I was resting, I was affirming, visualizing, and meditating, as well as doing the day-to-day living. And this was an incredible experience for me because I was action, law of attraction, and resting, law of attraction. And there's no reason why I can't walk my talk, law of attraction, by not doing anything. Meditating, looking at my vision board, looking, visualizing, scripting, everything, you know, acting as if all these things, that's talking, walking, law of attraction, even when you're resting, there's things that you can do that maybe you're not verbally loudly speaking about it, but you are internally speaking it to your subconscious. It is so important to really implement law of attraction in every part of your life. Now, I know I get an advantage as a law of attraction coach, as I can talk about it all the time. In my day job, well, I don't I don't actually call my coaching a job because I, I feel that kind of puts a dampener on it. So I kind in in what I do, in my passion, I'm constantly talking law of attraction. But just as we get excited about a new lover, car, house, or film we saw on TV last night, and we tell people at work about it the next day. Why can't you do that with Law of Attraction? Shouldn't you love Law of Attraction just as much and want to share it? Also, by talking about it, you are reminding yourself to stay focused on what you want and encouraging the good. You're encouraging that that positive vibration, which, as we all know, it's what we need to do. 
we need to constantly remind ourselves to create more of those things we want in life. So my message to you today is really not to make your law of attraction journey a quiet, withdrawn, all to yourself journey. Get loud about it. Get excited about it. Bring it into every part of your life, internally and externally. Live, breathe and enjoy law of attraction and allow it to be an extension of who you are. And if you find that you're talking about it at work or with friends and you find that others are moving away from you because you keep talking positive, you'd be surprised at how many people actually enjoy talking about negative things. Start talking positive to them and it's like, what are you talking about? Are you serious? Let them go. They obviously don't match your vibration. So don't let them hinder your positive space on this planet. Own it and walk your talk. You don't need to have clutter on your path. You don't need to think, okay, well, the only way to have friends or the only way to have a great conversation is if I talk about some negative program or what I saw in the news or um, get involved in what's not good in someone's life and, and keep on focusing on that and how they've been hard done by and how this has gone wrong and that. You don't need to contaminate your path. And I know that might sound severe, but really that's what it's doing. You're walking the law of attraction path. You're walking the co-creator. You create your life. Don't create your life based on negativity. Create your life only on positivity. So own it. And walk your talk. Walk your LOA talk. Do it for yourself. Do it for the life you want to create. Well, that's Coach Rita Hurry's corner for today. And remember, keep in touch with me. I still love to hear from you. I want to hear those good news law of attraction stories so I can share and inspire others. I've just spoken about walking your LOA talk and if something good has happened and if you're surrounded by people who don't enjoy listening to your law of attraction talk I do I'm sure the listeners out there do so share with me your stories email me let me know what you think of the show let me know if there's any subjects don't be shy I want to hear from you I love getting emails even just short emails just saying thank you or just knowing that, you know, someone's gained something from the show, it keeps me company on this journey. So please email me. Let me know that you're out there. Let me know about your law of attraction story. My email address, info at coachrita.co.uk. Well, 
It's that time for a break and after the break I'll be joined by Jeanette Ma. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Heard by millions worldwide through 38 internet radio stations and in over 135 countries. Come join us on Facebook for your daily dose of inspiration and action that reveals the secret within you. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Law of Attraction Radio Network. That's facebook.com forward slash Law of Attraction Radio Network. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must read. It's the science behind the Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of your missing link to the Law of Attraction. Now, I am joined by the lovely Jeanette Ma, and Jeanette is the Good Vibe Coach on a mission to inspire deliberate creators through her Law of Attraction blog, online manifesting university, monthly newsletters, and group events. She is also the contributor to Jack Canfield's Mastering the Law of Attraction and was invited to appear on Oprah's Law of Attraction episode to share about the manifesting method called Pray Rain Journaling. Developed through her years of study and experience, Jeanette shares a down-to-earth practical approach to conscious creation. Jeanette, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rita. I feel like it's high time you and I got to play together. I know. I've, I've heard so much about you and I thought, no, I have to get Ditto. on my show. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I'm super delighted to be playing with you today. It's a pleasure. Now, prior to discovering the law of attraction, what was life like for you? Well, I got to say, it feels like it was several lifetimes ago, um, but and it was not my super favorite Um, I was not having a lot of time, a lot of fun. (laughs) I was doing time. That's what it felt like. I was doing time (laughs) in corporate world. I was in uh, a relationship that wasn't working for me. I had health issues that doctors had no idea. And I had no idea about the mind-body connection back then. Looking back on it, it's obvious what my health problems were, that I was miserable in my life. But I was going to traditional doctors who didn't even bring that up. They probably didn't know it themselves. Um, and I was a seeker. I was looking for answers. I was like a self-help junkie. I was reading everything I could get my hands on to try to figure out life. And I would study one thing after another, after another, after another, until one day I, I bought a book by accident. I would spend my, my breaks from work at the bookstore across the street just browsing the shelves. And one day I saw a book titled How to Get Everything You Ever Wanted. And... I I took it off the shelf and I was like, wow. And I started to flip through it and I thought, you're not even going to browse a book with a title like this. You're going to own it. So I bought it without looking inside. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
a little, a couple days later, oh, maybe it was like a week or so later, I, I, I was out in the back, and I'll, I'll, the back story, hated my life, everything was miserable, I was unhealthy, my job was literally killing me, I was in a dead-end relationship, the only thing that brought me any joy in life whatsoever was that I was a foster mom for local rescued animals. That was the only reason I got out of bed, and... One day I was out scooping. I had I had a bunch of dogs. I had eight big dogs in my little eight hundred oh, square foot house. Yeah, <laughs> I was known for taking the challenging dogs. So like everyone else would take the easy ones and the little ones, but I got the ornery big ones. And um, I and it was my joy for a long time. Plus I had a ton of cats. But uh, one day I'm out there scooping poop in the backyard and I'm realizing the poop won't scoop because my lawn is dead. I have nothing but dirt left I, I was in Utah we live in the desert it was the middle of summer all the dog traffic had ruined the lawn and just acknowledging I love lawn I love walking barefoot in the lawn there's no lawn anymore it was last straw material for me I like to think of it as my one and only mini breakdown but I, I threw the pooper scooper in one direction it landed on the garage roof and I threw the bag of poop in another it landed in the neighbor's bushes and I went to bed because I was done with the capital D I, yeah. I stopped I stopped showering. I stopped going to work. I stopped answering the phone. I had a live-in boyfriend, luckily, to take care of all the animals for me. But he was quickly reaching the end of his rope, too, doing everything on his own because it's a lot of work. Yeah. But he'd seen me have my little breakdown. He he'd, he'd actually opened the screen door in the in the backyard to say something to me. I didn't know he was standing there when I started throwing everything. And... um. He saw, he saw me having this little meltdown, and all he did, he didn't say anything to me. He just closed the door so I couldn't say anything <laughs> that, that you have your moment. <laughs> I had, yeah, he let me have my moment, and he understood when I went to bed. That was Thursday night that I went to bed, and um, I had nothing to do besides read. That's when I pulled the book off the shelf that... I, I never would have bought had I understood what it was about because as soon as I started reading it, I thought, oh my gosh, this author's crazy. She's asking me to do things I would never do in a million years. I, mean, I was super close-minded back then. I, like burn incense at a sacred altar and did a bunch of stuff that sounded nuts to me. But, but I literally had nothing else to do because I'd given up on life out of complete defeat. Yeah. So, um, but I had a personal rule for myself that I, oh, it wasn't Thursday night I went to bed. It was Thursday night that I finished the book because I had a personal rule to do at least one thing from every self-help book that I had. The least crazy thing I could find in this book was something called scripting. That's to talk about what you want as if it had already happened. So I came out of the bedroom and I said to my boyfriend, who was, he was feeding all the dogs. He, and he was kind, he was kind of uh, quickly reaching the end of his rope too. But I said, just this is going to sound crazy, but just hear me out. And I started talking about how great it was that our most difficult dog got adopted. His name was Jeff. We did not name him that, but he was a big husky. That was He was a big hassle. I said, isn't it great how Jeff got adopted by that husband and the wife? And I'm just making it off, up, up, off the top of my head. He got adopted by that husband and wife with the two kids and the other dog so he can play with another dog. And they live nearby so we can see him whenever we want. And they have plenty of money to handle whatever his medical needs might be. Isn't that great? And Jeff, in the meantime, is laying right at my feet while I'm talking about this. And my boyfriend just looked at me like I had two heads. But I didn't care. I was beyond caring what anyone thought. 
But I did my homework. I turned to my heels. I went back to bed. That was Thursday night. Saturday morning, he took all the same dogs to the same adoption fair they'd all been going to for the past three months. In fact, in the rescue world, we were known for having the worst dry streak anyone had ever seen for adoptions. Like it was unheard of to have as many animals up for adoption as we had and no one get adopted. It Not only was no one getting adopted, we were getting dogs returned. I, it, it, I'll spare you the details on how what a downward spiral we were in, but it was bad. So bad people were commenting on it in our community. Okay, so he takes everyone to the adoption fair. Within an hour of him coming home, the phone rings. And I I know the only reason they call that soon is because either they don't have room for your dog, so they're saying, come get him, or they're acting up, you know, they're barking too, or they're sick. They're basically saying, come get your dog. And I said, I looked at him and I said, don't answer it. They have to be there all weekend long. But he's a nice guy. So if there's a problem, he wants to know about it and solve it. So he answers the phone and I'm standing close enough that I can hear Trish on the other end of the line say, you need to get down here right now. And I hit him in the shoulder. I said, I told you. And she goes on to say, there's two families down here fighting over Jeff and we don't know who to give him to. Okay, that's unheard of in Rescue World because you've got to take like a dozen applications before you find even one worth considering. You certainly wouldn't get two that are so perfect you couldn't choose between them. So I drove with him down to the adoption fair. I looked at the paperwork. I'm getting goosebumps as I recall this. There was a hot, both of them married with two kids. They have another dog and they were so perfect. And they were both insisting on having this dog that no one had given a second look at. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I handed the paperwork back speechless. I mean, I was literally dumbfounded. Can I I walked out? Sorry, Jeanette, can I just ask at that moment? I mean, obviously you were dumbfounded, but did at that any, any time in that moment, did you think back to what you had done or was it it just a lot later? It took a minute. I went out and I sat out in the parking lot and um, I let them sort it out themselves. I sat in the parking lot and I was like, what is going on here? And it clicked. It, it took several minutes for it to click. And I was like, oh, she's not as crazy as I thought she was. <laughs> There's something to this. I went back. I reread the book. And I'm going to tell you, it freaked me out so much to realize the power we have to create our world that I didn't practice it again. A lot of people think, oh, you'd be scripting on all sorts of fabulous things. No, it freaked me out. Mm. I studied it for a a full year before I dared to play with it again because it blew my mind. I mean, it was unbelievable. So not only did Jeff get adopted that day, the next day Oakley got adopted, who was another really challenging dog. And then Tuesday night, I had a local rescue group take two of my black labs off my hands. So I was down four dogs in four days and it felt like a freaking miracle. So, and all that happened just by doing that one scripting. One script, one little half-hearted script that was maybe two or three minutes. Wow. You know, that I didn't even believe in. I thought the girl was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what was what was the point there is the fact that you were open to it and said, you know what, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do it with an open heart. And you, Well, you I know, think yeah, that's part of it, Rita. You know what else, too? I Okay, the power of giving up. I mean, like I had given up the battle of life mm-hmm. and gone yeah. to bed. Yeah. Okay, so the relief inherent in that, it took me a while until I, like years later, I understood that's also a magic part. Yes, scripting is crazy cool. But I combined that with relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's almost us getting out of the way and saying, okay, yes. I I cannot control this. I'm not the person that says, um, discovers the how. I need to just get out the way and say, okay, I surrender to almost a higher power and I'm just going to give this exactly. a go and see what happens. And Plus, 
I had no attachment to the process because I wasn't expecting. I was only doing it because I had that stupid personal rule. Otherwise, I never would have even touched it. So <laughs> I had no. It was a huge blessing because I had no attachment. A, a lot of people would say, well, if you don't even, it, it helps to have a positive expectation. I completely agree. But so often, our expectation has a little bit of a charge on it, a little bit of attachment. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot to be said for beginner's luck, too, I think, because we're just um, naive enough and we've, we haven't had negative experiences, so we don't have any of that other stuff. But, oh, my gosh. And also, can we just talk about the power of contrast? Yeah. I mean, literally, life was so bad that I, I went to bed in defeat. I was still eating, but I wasn't showering or dressing or anything else. <laughs> I did go to work the next week, but... Um, that we, we, I've heard Abraham say the power of contrast. It's like the more tension you have on that rubber band as you're pulling it back, the further it goes when you let go. So I think that's another reason. All of my best manifesting stories were on the heels of really bad contrast. Yeah. And I think really a lot of us can think, okay, this is just too bad. There's no way back from this. But yeah. as you've said, there is actually, and it's just you do reach that point where it is like, I can't do this anymore, you know, and it's it's opening yourself up. And for me, I found, especially like with my clients, it's about getting them to really get out of the way and being knowing that there is a higher source power that can actually has everything lined up for you. And you could just sort of just go with it and just almost say, yeah, I'm going with the flow. I'm, I'm going to go with it. I totally agree with you, Rita, because even when a person becomes aware of our creative powers, we often hang on to our habits of trying to do it ourselves, you know, and instead of leveraging that power and, and harnessing what we're truly capable of, we're still, tr we're still rolling solo with it. So, yeah, I yeah, couldn't agree more. Definitely. So, obviously, um, I kind of get the idea, but how does it, how did it feel knowing you were a conscious creator in your own life and could make the changes you wanted? I mean, I know you kind of like it freaked stopped. me out for, at first. <laughs> yeah, it freaked me. And I've talked to other people who've told me the same thing. Like it, it, you know, it can be so contrary to their programming about who they are and their role in the world that it really makes them question things. But I got on board with it eventually. And um, after that, I became one of those annoying people who anytime someone would come up to me and complain about something, I'd be like, oh, I totally know it can fix that. <laughs> Pretty soon, people stopped complaining to me. They stopped talking because they thought I was crazy. So I didn't have coworkers stopping at my cubicle anymore. And I started to have this little fantasy because I, I was like, you guys, this is the, after studying so many things. I mean, I cannot tell you how many things I studied. I finally felt like I found the answer and I all I wanted to do was tell everyone about it and yeah. no one wanted to listen. So I had to, I started harboring this little fantasy. All I want to do is talk with other people who are excited as excited about this as I am. And eventually over months that fantasy grew into and wouldn't it be great if I got paid for it so I could quit this stupid job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think I know what you're what you're saying there because I've had yeah. that same journey. <laughs> Yeah. So obviously embarking on being on a law of attraction coach. I mean, can you share with the listeners that transition of obviously many of us including myself have done where you've gone through the 9 to 5, you've gone through a job where, you know, you're not entirely happy and to make that transition to doing something you love. Can mm -hmm. you share with the listeners your journey in that aspect? 
Yeah, it took me a while to do that. And, and a lot of practice with, with manifesting skills before I had enough confidence to leave a six-figure paycheck behind because I, I, didn't, I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. That was like the wildest and craziest and stupidest thing a person could do to quit a job that I had invested a lot of time, a lot of study uh, that anyone from the outside would call very successful, despite the fact that it, my job is literally killing me. Mm. Um, I, and I didn't hate it the whole time, but it's just, it was just the last five years that were really, really bad. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I, okay, so I'll try and give you a concise answer. Um, once I practiced enough on other things, I eventually realized I can stop manifesting things for my employer <laughs> because af- I finally quit the job that was killing me. I got a different job in sales. And um, in that, I, <laughs> I have some fun stories on that one, too, about the power of scripting or, pre- or scripting and writing, pray, rain, journaling, as I learned it. Um, and eventually I learned, okay, I'm not going to do this to make someone else successful with their dream. I'm going to follow my dream of becoming a law of attraction coach. I know how this works. I trusted enough to go do it for myself. So I hired a mentor coach to help me with the process. I quit my job. And from the time that I quit my job till um, I had a full thriving practice, it was about three months. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was, I won't say it wasn't scary. To, to, I had a lot of financial fears, but I also had enough success with past experiences in conscious creation that I knew this was possible. So, yeah. 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 And I think um, having gone through it myself, I think it's almost those um, fears, you'll never, they'll always be there at the back, but it's obviously what you're focusing on. And it's like knowing, okay, I can get past that and this is right for me. And having that voice louder than exactly fears. That's exactly what I had to do because the fears, I would clue into them because I would start feeling something bad in the pit of my stomach. <laughs> it was mm. fear in the pit of my stomach. And, and then I could hear my gremlin voice saying, uh-oh, this isn't going to work. You're going to have to get a job. And I would just, um, I wouldn't let that run the ship. Instead, what I would do is I would repeat, no, that's not what I'm creating. What I'm creating is I'm a brilliant coach in high demand. And I would, I would repeat that until I could feel it, even though it wasn't true. I knew how this stuff worked. You just got to feel it first before it is, and it has to become true. So it, I was quieting a lot of those gremlins saying, you're crazy. You're going to have to get another job. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. The things we go through, eh? <laughs> now, obviously, um, there's lots of rewards for being a law of attraction coach and inspiring people across the globe. I mean, what, what's your personal rewards of being a coach? <laughs> the, the, my favorite one is that I get to do what I love. Like literally, this is what I would do for free. This is what I consider a privilege. There isn't anything else I would rather be doing with my time than then it's how I was annoying all my coworkers by trying to tell people about what they're capable of and how they can engage their true powers. I get to do that. I get to, that's how I get to spend my time. That feels like a privilege. Plus I do get paid for it. Hello. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you find though, I mean, obviously as a coach, you're, you're talking about the law of attraction all the time. And I think that just, that's an empowering thing for us as coaches as well, because it's, 
you know, we get to hear ourselves and, and you Oh, know, you're so right, Rita. It's you're almost so right. affirmations to ourselves, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I tell people all the time when they say, well, how's the best way to become good at practicing this? I'm like, teach it to others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That'll definitely. Do it. <laughs> so um, as a coach, what would you say the most common issue is that many are struggling on in their law of attraction journey? Or is there... Would you say it's just one thing or would you say mm. there's there's a few things that you've noticed? I'd say definitely there's probably a few we could point out, but I know one of the ones that I struggle with my own self on occasion still and see with many of my clients, it's attachment to um, creating what we think is going to make us happy. Like So we're still reliant on external circumstances. Once we learn about law of attraction, we think, oh, okay, then I, this is how I'm going to change my world. So instead of changing it through our old habits of taking action and trying to make it happen and figure it out. Now we're just changing it with our creative powers, but we're still relying on that change in order to feel good. When really the heart of, and it took me a while to figure this out about law of attraction, the heart of it is that, it's like Abraham's telling us all the time, get happy now. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all that it's about. But but I people who hire me, and I've noticed this myself sometimes, um, attachment to whatever it is we think we want that we'll be happy when X, Y, or Z unfolds and we're just going to use our creative powers to make that happen when truly our best power is appreciate, enjoy, love what is right here, right now. Definitely. And I think, as you mentioned, Abraham also says about going general. So if there's a specific thing that you want, instead of really um, getting so focused, especially if you get negative about it, mm-hmm. it's to actually focus on something that does make you happy because it will create those vibes to attract what you really want. That's why I'm such a fan of cats and dogs. Yeah. (laughs) It's so easy to, and like no matter what's going on in my life, I've got a cat sitting in my lap right now. And I'm like, how wrong can life be? I mean, I'm a huge animal lover. So it is so easy to just tap into appreciation with I still, I have eight cats and three dogs right now. That might sound like a lot to a lot of people, but after living with 23 animals in my little house before to have just a small handful in this big one, they're all rescued. So it's super easy to enjoy, but it's one of those ways of going general that facilitates all my other dreams. Like literally petting this cat is helping my business thrive. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, crazy? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think, you know, even just watching um, a movie that makes oh. you laugh or just remembering something that you did that was fun. You know, there's just those small things mm-hmm. can okay. make a huge different effect because I think many of us forget that we are energy. We are vibrating mm-hmm. constantly. So that's why it's so important to make sure that we are feeling good. And And I think that's the – sometimes we forget that. And that's what makes Agreed. us stuck in, in, okay, I need to sort this out and I need to kind of like have this resolved now. Why is it not resolving? Mm-hmm. So true. So true. So can you share with the listeners, I'm intrigued about this prey rain journey. Can you share with the listeners what that's about? Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I'm attributing it correctly where I learned it from. I thought I, I learned it from a local energy worker. She's a channeler. I participated in one of her courses and um, and she shared about it where you write a page a day about what you want as if it's already happened. By the time you get to the end of your book, 
you will have it, or it'll be so close you can reach out and touch it. But when I told my coach, my law of attraction coach about it, she said, oh yeah, that's from Abraham. So I'd been crediting Abraham with it, although I have never heard Abraham talk about it. So I don't know where this comes from. And pray rain, that's a term from Greg Braden. That's, um, you know, Greg Braden tells a story about how his Native American friend was asking him, hey, we're going to a rain dance, do you want to come? And Greg said, sure, never seen one before, that'd be great. So they drive out to the middle of nowhere, they park, they walk further out to the middle of nowhere till his friend gets to a, a circle of stones. It's the sacred circle. His friend takes his shoes off, steps inside, closes his eyes for a minute. He did repeat out loud. He said, all my ancestors are with me now. He repeated that three times. He's silent for a minute or two. And then he opens his eyes, steps out of the circle, puts his shoes on and says, okay, I'm done. We can go. And Greg's like astonished. He's like, what? What was that? I thought there was going to be costumes and dancing and chanting and singing. I thought you were going to pray for rain. And his friend laughs at him. I, I get goosebumps every time I tell this story. His friend laughs at him and he says, like, it's the most ridiculous thing he ever heard. He says, if I prayed for rain, I wouldn't get rain. Silly. I, what I did was I prayed rain. And he goes on to explain that he felt the rain falling on his shoulders. He tasted it on his tongue. He felt it collecting underneath his toes. He smelled it in the air. He imagined the shoulder height corn brushing up against him from all the rain that had fallen in the village. He, so he was imagining it. He was, he was praying rain, not praying for rain, because he said, if I pray for rain, you don't get rain when you pray for rain, because when you pray for rain, you're, you're reinforcing lack of rain. Okay, so that distinction was huge. Mm. And what pray rain journaling is, is writing about what you want as if you've already received it. So here I am in corporate world. I've, I've heard of this from that course I took with um, Catherine Miles was her name. That's where I'd heard about it. And there was a girl, she was a hairstylist. She had used that, that process to get her own shop. So I had reason to believe that it was effective. I get out of a meeting in corporate world where they basically say, all you salespeople, we're, we're, the whole department is, we're all out of work. If you salespeople don't turn your numbers around fast, like we're talking in two weeks because this was not working, this was very dismal results. I'd only been on the job four months, but they'd been in place, I want to say, about a year. So it was not going according to plan in any way, shape, or form. And they basically said, you're out of jobs if you guys don't figure out a way to turn this around. So I went back to my desk, and they'd been having us do really uh, I mean, they, the original plan was that the bankers would introduce us to their best customers and we would show them our 401k plans and it would be easy peasy sailing. Mm -hmm. But the bankers would not introduce us to their clients, so we were resorting to cold calling, which we were 401k experts. We were not cold callers. So our, our managers had written up scripts for us and they'd given us a list of people to call. And they were tracking our statistics, like how many people did you call? How many meetings did you set up? I couldn't even get past a receptionist to save my life. So yeah. it was not working. I, so after the meeting, I go back to my desk and I say, well, I feel like I've just been fired. So the pressure, it feels like it's off, believe it or not, instead of on. Because I'm like, well, there's nothing we could do to turn this around. And I say, what they've been having us do hasn't been working. What do I want to do? And I thought of Pray Rain Journaling. I had a little notebook. It was like two inches by three inches, brand new from Office Max. It was like, 88 cents. Yeah. So it wasn't, a, it was not a fancy journal. So I opened it up and, um, but I thought that's good because it's only got like 25 pages. I was like, I don't have a lot of time, so I can't have a big book. <laughs> so <laughs> I, the first page I wrote, isn't it great how prospects find me? How excited they are to learn about my product. What a perfect fit it is for them. How they can't wait for me to install this in their, in their company. It was maybe five sentences because, like I said, it was a very small page, two inches by three inches. Yeah. So I, um, I wrote that up, and 
And then I closed the book and I asked myself, what sounds good next? And the answer I got was go to lunch, which <laughs> might sound crazy, but for the entire time I'd been on the job, we, there was so much stress. I wasn't even leaving for lunch. I was eating out of the vending machine, grandma's cookies or Snickers, mm. and eating bites in between making phone calls. So to leave for lunch felt like a luxury. So I did. I left the building. I went to my favorite restaurant across the street. It was a gorgeous spring day. I sat outside at a table. I kicked my feet up on an extra chair, and I goofed off. I lingered at lunch for like an hour and a half. And after I'd spent as much time there as I felt like it as felt good. Then I asked myself, what sounds good next? And I, uh, and the answer I got surprised me. The answer was go back to work, but I'm following inspiration. So I go back to work in the elevator. There's a guy in the elevator who um, says, who are you? And I had learned two weeks ago, this was really embarrassing in the, in the elevator. This happened in the elevator too. Uh, introducers or strangers were introducing themselves no, they, a stranger asked me who I was. I said who I was, and I asked who he was. It turns out it was the president of the company. I was so mortified. I said, I will never ask anyone again who they are. So <laughs> two weeks later, stranger in the elevator asks me who I am. He says, I know all the bank people. Who are you? And I say, I'm Jeanette Ma. And he said, well, what do you do? And I tell him I sell 401k products. And he said, oh, I didn't know the bank sold 401k plans. I'm like, yep, we do. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this is why we can't sell anything. Here's a bank man, upper bank VP people who don't even know we have this product. He says, follow me. So I follow him to his desk and I'm thinking, I'm going to have to explain to him about this product that the bank has that he didn't even know existed. But it turns out that he doesn't work for the bank. I thought everyone in this building was a bank employee, but no, he works for the real estate company that owns the building. So he's got a little office on the top floor and he shows me his desk and it is covered. I'm getting goosebumps. It's covered with sales literature from 401k vendors. And he says to me, I haven't been able to make heads or tails of this in weeks. Can you help me? And I had my satchel with me. So I had my, my product material right there. Yeah. And I could talk 401k plans all day long if someone could give me a chance to do it. <laughs> we did we had a great conversation I told him everything he needed to know about the competition and the difference between this that and the other and what would probably work best for his company based on what he was saying and after about 15 minutes he stood up and I thought okay my fun's over now I got to go back to work but instead of walking me to the elevator he walks me down the hall to his HR director and he says Jeanette meet Shelly Shelly meet Jeanette and he turns to Shelly and he says Jeanette's going to be implementing our 401k plan for us sign whatever she needs you to sign and then he turns to me and he says how soon can you have that to us <laughs> oh, <laughs> now, <wow>. right and <laughs> training they taught us best case scenario from the beginning where you identify a prospect till you close the deal is six weeks and it had just happened for me in like I would say 20 minutes except you have to count the lunch and the, the journaling because that was part of it so yeah gosh. That, yeah I was like okay the the promise with with pray rain journaling as I learned it was You'll have it by the time you get to the end of your book. But here I was before I even got to the end of the day. The crazy <laughs> fantasy stuff I was writing about had happened. It's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, what I noticed there was about the fact that you followed inspiration. You you just yes. listened. And again, you almost took a step back and saying, okay, I've done this. But you you didn't leave any expectations with it. You just, you just done it and then... You listened to that small voice inside, which was saying, go on a lunch oh, break. Yeah, that was the, I mean, the first time I even checked in with it, because up until then, I'd been doing what they told me to do, make yeah. the cold calls, read the script. It yeah. was not working, but I didn't ever stop to say, all right, Jeanette, what do you know better? It wasn't until they basically pulled the plug on it all that I said, okay, that I dared to do something 
other than what they told me to do. But you're right. If anytime we're not listening to that voice, we are not in service of ourselves or our dreams. Yeah, because the answers are, are just there and it's almost waiting for us to ask ourselves what is the answer? I think it's always speaking to us and we just have to be willing to listen. And then it's one thing to hear it. It's another to have the courage to honor it. Because even to leave the building for lunch felt a little sacrilegious. <laughs> like, here's everyone else struggling so hard <laughs> and I'm going to go goof off for a while. But, and in fact, my manager, okay, so I, I, I be quickly became like their best. <laughs> my manager on one of the sales calls, he said, Jeanette, can you explain to everyone what you're doing? <laughs> Oh, I don't know if you're, this is going to fly. <laughs> so I, I shared it privately with a couple of my colleagues whose jobs were in jeopardy. I mean, they were really getting ready. They were getting ready to get fired. And I was like, hey, look, here's what you got to do. And I explained to them about their focus and their conscious awareness and how to shift it to success. And they, they same thing I experienced before. They stopped talking to me. They thought I was crazy. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I give up on muggles. <laughs> but I think that, again, that's, that's, that's the whole law of attraction in terms of you you start attracting those people who you're meant to attract yeah, and those right. that you're not are going yes. away because they're just so filled with I don't believe that that's a lot of crap so I'm going yeah. this way you go that way <laughs> yeah Jeanette's lost her mind how long yeah. till she gets fired <laughs> so in terms of um the prey rain journaling now I know you've got a book about that but just quickly how different is that to the script is is the script more because you're actually talking about a, a dialogue compared to that you know i i think that it the pro, the process or the method or the technique we use isn't as important as the vibration we're activating so whatever works best for us whether it's a silent visualization you know with our eyes closed before yeah. we start our day whether it's scripting with a, an LOA like-minded person who who understands what we're up to or whether it's talking out loud to our cat or whether it's putting it in writing I gotta say for me what I've learned from experimenting with a wide variety of things putting it in writing as if it's already happened or even just writing down my intentions that that's crazy cool magic for me I still script a lot but if when I when I'm serious about something I'll pull out the pen and paper and um yeah but other people find that other things work better for them so it isn't that there's one magic technique what there is is an opportunity for us to experiment with what helps us plug into the vibration that's in alignment with what we want better than anything else. And I'll also say what works best for me is variety because I can burn out on anything if I do it for too long. And other people have the opposite experience. The longer they do something, the more powerful it becomes. So it really is a matter of getting to know yourself and being willing to experiment. Yeah. And again, it's about that whole feeling good process, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. like, if um, journaling works for you, but then you find it becomes a chore, then it's That's important to yeah, yeah. quick change it. Let's maybe visualization or something. So Exactly. And, you know, I appreciate something I learned from Abraham that I, it took me many years to understand this. But when I heard them say that we don't engage this stuff in order to make something happen. We engage our manifesting processes, whatever they are, for enjoyment, not to make something happen. I was doing, look, I was doing a lot of journaling to make something happen, and things were happening. But I understand what Abraham means about the distinction between I'm doing this in order to get that. That's with an agenda, and that's not a super clean vibration. It's not as clean as, ooh, I'm going to enjoy this visualization right now just because I enjoy thinking about it, not because I'm trying to make it happen. It's a subtle distinction, but an important one, I think. 
Yeah, definitely. It's about enjoying the journey, isn't it? Yes, 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 yes. Well said. Brilliant. So, um, in your opinion, what makes a person an effective, deliberate creator? What do they need to implement more of to really see the manifestations in life? I like the way you worded that question, Rita, because I think it's what we can unimplement. It's like, what can we let go of? I personally find effective creators are the ones who are a little bit hootless about it. They're a little bit, they're loose, they're casual, they're light, they're just having fun, they're just playing around. Like even my own best manifesting things were without attachment. I guess that's what I'm saying is how, how to release attachment. If you can do that, that's what makes you a more effective creator. So, cause you know, everyone's always talking about how they can manifest the easy stuff, the stuff they don't really care about, but the stuff that matters that, why does that take so long? Yeah. And it's because you're light, you're light, loose and easy and casual with that other <laughs> stuff. If you could have that same approach to the stuff that quote unquote matters to you. So it's really how to make it matter less, how to enjoy life right now. So you're less dependent on this other thing before you feel good. I think that's what makes for a really effective creator. Yeah. And I think going back to, um, earlier on in the interview, when you mentioned when you first tried scripting, you didn't have any attachments to it. You said, okay, I'm going to give this a go and see what happens mm-hmm. and that's that's it again isn't it about not having the attachments and the expectations and how things manifest I 100% agree with you brilliant so what's in the pipeline for Jeanette and good vibe coaching in the future because I understand you you've got a new course haven't you body lab which is starting this week am I correct Yes, Body Love Lab. Um, we're, we're using our creative powers to manifest what we want physically. And I've heard Abraham talk about how this is the most challenging manifesting work we'll do because it's our body, which we are in 24-7. Like there's no escaping it. Distractions are more challenging when it has to do with our body because we're in it all the time. So um, I've taught this course before, but I have a new format this time around. And I'm really excited about it. And part of the reason I'm teaching it is because I, for my own self, once and for all, want to nail, for a default vibration, the self-love energy. Because I'll, I'll tap in when there's pressure, when there's a reason to, like when something's going wrong or when, I, when I'm on the market again, when I'm single and, and dating strangers again, like when there's some reason for me to do it, I'll go plug in. But then after that passes, you know, the shoulder pain passes or whatever was had me inspired to engage it I find myself drifting back to my old ways over time I I want my default habits to be those that serve my physical optimal thriving so we're doing body love lab in fact we just started the 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 first module is released today the first live call is next week but um we always have fun things going on at good vibe university if anyone wanted to plug in with um fellow creators that's a fun way to do it or also at the blog oh my gosh i just posted on facebook this morning how much i appreciate uh there there's such generous sharing at goodvibeblog.com where people will ask questions and the community is so helpful in sharing their insights and experiences and tips with other people to help further their successful manifestations. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love doing this show is the fact that there's people out there who've got good news stories, who've got things that they can share and to be able to share, you know, like yourself, an expert in LOA who's be able, who's able to share your journey and and I think the more we talk about it, the more we inspire mm-hmm. each other 
you know, it we feed off each other as well. When it gets difficult at mm-hmm. times, it's nice to know you can have a conversation with someone and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I had a good laugh and I, and that problem's not as serious. It's all okay. I'll just script or I'll visualize. It's fine. It's not a problem. <laughs> it, it is so much better than trying to get um, muggles on board with you. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of the LOA community and I thank you, Rita, for doing things like this where we are providing resources to each other to help amp up our manifesting game because I really feel like we are the ones that are helping this become mainstream. Yeah, thank you. And I think I, you know, just even just doing the show when I'm sitting there with my headphones, I said this to Jules last week, sitting there all by myself, just talking about law of attraction. Okay, I don't know if anyone's listening or what their reaction (laughs) is to it, but it's like, it's making me feel good. And again, mm. that's that vibration going out. So if it's making yep. me feel good, that's that's all good. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yay for that. <laughs> well, Jeanette, it's been a pleasure having you as my special guest today. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and getting to know you a bit better and also hearing about how easy it is to manifest if we just continue hanging in there and believing in ourselves and and just sharing what we what feels good and the good vibration so thank you so much for sharing all that you Mm. have done today my pleasure thanks for having me Rita thank you well we've reached that time again when I have to bid you all farewell so stay focused stay positive and remember life loves you so until next time this is coach Rita Hurry signing out bye thank you for tuning in We'll be back next week with another great show of your missing link to the Law of Attraction. For more information, go to coachrita.co.uk. That's coachrita.co.uk.